Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest installment in our podcast series, The Crude Report, looking at important developments or trends in crude markets globally. I'm Gus Vasquez, the editor of the America's Crude Report, and with me today is our deputy editor for our pipeline markets, Amanda Smith. Hi, Amanda, and welcome. Thank you, and hello, everyone. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're actually going to do a bit of an update about some of the developments that we have seen recently on our backend assessments and also our assessment in Guernsey, Wyoming. So you did a podcast back in January with our colleague from the business development side, Jeff Kralowitz, and the two of you were discussing the launch of what was then a new number for us, which is this cumulative volume weighted average uh, for several of these markets. So why don't we go ahead and give our listeners just some brief background on on what you guys talked about then and maybe an update of how those are looking now that we've had them for a couple of months. Sure. So we back up just a little bit further. Last year, we uh, we launched several new uh, daily volume weighted averages for Bakken um, crude. So we launched Bakken Dapple at the North Dakota origin of the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline. And we also launched Bakken Patoka in Illinois. Then we also launched daily price for light, sweet Guernsey crude in Guernsey, Wyoming, uh, which includes multiple grades into the assessment, um, including Bakken. But most of the deals reported are uh, light, sweet Guernsey, which can include Bakken and uh, Rocky Mountain crude as well. Um, and then uh, we were able to, in January, we added cumulative volume weighted averages for these three grades. Okay, so can you explain just a little bit what those cumulative weighted averages actually are? Sure. So the cumulative volume weighted averages include all trade reported to Argus over the entire U.S. pipeline trade month. Um, So from the beginning until the end. So as the trade month progresses and more deals are reported, we add those into the calculation, into a volume weighted average calculation until on the last day of the trade month, we have a final volume weighted average of all the deals reported during that time. So these calculations are in addition to our more typical U.S. pipeline market methodology, which is a daily volume weighted averages and then do an arithmetic trade month average for the trade month. So but for these three, we've launched these cumulatives to to give our subscribers more options. Okay, so then with this cumulative volume weighted averages, what we're really doing is kind of reflecting what was more traditionally done in these kind of northern markets, right? Because in the past, they were using the Canadian broker index system where they would combine all the volume of all the trades, right? Exactly. So, and and in the January episode of the podcast, we do discuss further, uh, in further detail about some of that background, if if listeners would like to hear that. But essentially, the way in these markets that have been done before were these cumulative volume weighted averages. And as a result of us having more participating companies reporting trade to us because of interest in us having these assessments, we were able to have enough volume that we felt like we could offer these cumulative volume weighted averages that are more similar to what they had been used to in these markets. So they are similar, but they're not exactly the same, right? So can you tell us how they differ from what people were used to using in the past? 
Sure. So probably the, the largest difference is that we include a greater of number of days in our cumulative volume weighted average. So a greater number of days in which we take trades from to put into this average. So we use the full U.S. pipeline trade month um, instead of the shorter Canadian trade cycle, which had been the standard in the past. So the, the, the Canadian trade cycle is um, like roughly two weeks starting on the first day of the calendar month prior to delivery. But we think that by using the the full US pipeline trade month, that that's more inclusive of the trade that's being done. Um, it helps align these assessments more with other connected US pipeline markets. So like in the mid-continent and the Gulf Coast, which we've had uh, market interest, market interest in, in doing that and having those prices more aligned with the months. And then we also, for anyone who would rather just use deals published during the Canadian trade cycle, our subscribers do have access to a database of deals reported to us with the volumes and dates and differentials so that they can create their own average during the the subset of those dates if they choose to. Okay, but if they wanted to use the full U.S. pipeline trade month, that whole range of dates, then we are basically doing that calculation for them already, right? And that's what we publish. And so all they have to do at that point is just reference the one number uh, that is a cumulative volume weighted average. And that is something that they could just directly insert into their contracts. Right, right. And so, and then, and one comment that we'd heard from market participants is that they do want something easy. So there's been some usage of different brokers and each company calculating their own numbers using data from multiple brokers. Um, and then we've heard, okay, well, no, we would really like to just have one one number to reference. And I think that has helped garner us guess, some support because we we can provide that. Okay, so now that we understand how these numbers are put together, I guess the next question would be, what kind of volumes are we combining into these cumulative averages? Mm -hmm. So we just finished the March trade month last week, and the reported volumes are looking pretty good. Our reported volumes for Bach and Patoka were the highest since we started covering this market last year. We had about 184,000 barrels per day reported uh, during the March trade month for Bach and Patoka. That was up from the February trade month when we had about 117,000 barrels per day reported. Our Bakken Doppel assessment in North Dakota for March included about 84,000 barrels per day from about 95,000 per day in February. So a little dip, but still strong. And our March light sweet Guernsey assessment had about 53,000 barrels per day reported. And that was uh, just under 55,000 barrels per day for February. So roughly, roughly the same. Okay, so those volumes actually sound pretty good. I mean, those are pretty liquid markets there. And now that we've talked about how we get the numbers, what kind of volumes are behind them, I guess the next thing that we need to cover is actual prices and the things that are happening in the markets, right? The fundamentals that we're seeing. So can you talk a little bit about what you've seen more recently in some of these markets? Sure. So it's been really interesting tracking these prices more closely and um, you know seeing the relative spreads between the different locations. When one thing is that up in North Dakota, we see that the discount for crude um, at the Dapel Pipeline Origin is only about thirty cents a barrel under the Bach and Patoka price. And we can look at the FERC tariff. Committed volume FERC tariff is is over five dollars a barrel from Johnson's Corner, North Dakota to Patoka, Illinois. 
<clears throat> so here we see another example of take or pay buying um, to fill pipelines. And like we've seen at other locations like Midland, Texas and WTI, where maybe the spread um, doesn't quite make sense unless you you know that the pipelines are, are buying to, to fulfill commitments. Um, and then in Bakken and Patoka, it's been interesting because it trades has been trading at roughly the same price as Bakken at the Texas Gulf Coast. If you look at outright price assessments so that you both prices include the appropriate price basis, you'll you'll see that they're they're really roughly the same. And so we we think that's because Bakken buyers in Patoka need to pay enough to keep the volume up in the mid-continent instead of going to to the Gulf Coast. Okay, but we do see volumes actually making their way to the Gulf Coast um, as well, even though the Patoka buyers are trying to keep a hold of those barrels as much as they can. I mean, some barrels do make their way down. So when that happens and they get to the Gulf Coast, what what is it that you see there? So we yes, so we do do see that and, and do see volume coming down at the Gulf Coast. Though in Texas, Bakken is competing more directly with the crude coming out of the Permian. Um, so in the Bakken Nederland area, Bakken isn't going to get too strong, you know, too high above WTI Houston because it has those other uh, alternatives so close. But we have been seeing that it's trading uh, recently at a premium to WTI Houston at Magellan's East Houston Terminal. So that's in part because um, so our understanding is Bakken has a little bit better distillate yield, but then also because more crude exports have been going out of Corpus Christi and uh, less crude available for purchase in Beaumont, Nederland. So then that has led the Bakken crude there to be to be at a premium. Um, and we do also sometimes hear WTI in the spot market at Nederland as well. And we've been hearing that's trading at a premium to WTI Houston too. So if those are just some tidbits that have been really interesting to as we compared the different markets and been able to add these prices. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is, that is really interesting and, and that's great information. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate it. So thank you so much, Amanda, for that. And for our listeners, uh, we just you know wanted to give you a, a quick update on how some of these things are going. But if you have any questions or feedback, you can always reach us. Our email address is houstoncrude at argusmedia.com or you can also reach us by phone or on ice chat. Amanda's always around, so if you if you want to chat with her about these numbers, you you can. Uh, if you're in need of more in-depth daily coverage of America's crude oil markets, though, you might want to consider subscribing to the Argus America's Crude Report. And with that, I would just like to thank everybody for listening to this podcast and let you know that we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Crude Report. <laughs> <laughs>